Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me. Help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On, Man a 3% man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another fun episode of Come On, Man. I absolutely appreciate all the great feedback you guys have been giving me on the 3% Man Facebook page. If you guys keep listening, I'll keep recording these. If you know some guys that think would like this show, please do me a favor and share with them. I really want to grow my audience this year. All right, this week I have on a very special guest, Lewis Sanderson. You guys from the 3% Man Facebook group know him from his Sunday Thoughts videos and his personal Unbreakable Code of Conduct list. We discuss all of that as well as coming up with your own dating principles and how a lot of what Corey Wayne teaches are just guidelines. You have to do what works for you and your situation. One funny thing I thought about in this interview is that British English doesn't always translate to American English. For instance, Lewis refers to women as homely and I think he means it as in housewife material. In America, homely means ugly. Just some food for thought. I'll bring you this interview right after this week's word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right. Joining me this week is Lewis Sanderson. 
our 3% brother from Northampton, England. How's it going, man? Yeah, it's going good, bro. How are you? Doing good. So you're the, you're the third Brit I've had on the show now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm number three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Luke's on all the time because Luke and I, we chat pretty much every day. He's one of the other admins on the, in the 3% Man Group. Yeah. Um, I've had Sean George on. Have you ever had any conversations with Sean? I haven't spoken to Sean much. Uh, me and Luke have spoken a hell of a lot, though. Me and him have spoken a shit ton. So, yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. I think, yeah. so you're at Northampton. That's about two hours or so from Bristol. That's where Luke's at. Yeah, yeah. And then I think, I want to say Sean's in London. So that's... Okay. That's like what another is that two hours from you or is that uh, more like an hour and a half? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Got it. I don't really. I've never been to England except for in the airport, and so uh, okay. <laughs> I just I was looking it up on the the map. So I was like, where are all these guys? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what though. So I live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I live in in rural Colorado, on the western slope. Like I'm about five hours from Denver, but uh, there's several towns you know that uh are about two hours or so for me if if someone in the group like was a three percent man in the group i would totally make the trip i'd be like let's go hang out i'll, I'll drive yeah, sure. two hours to get a beer or maybe we can meet halfway somewhere you know yeah exactly so no, that's it you, you know and um i've been thinking about doing that with uh, luke and a couple of the others as well i think i i can't remember who it was i mentioned it to someone else in the group because Luke lives in Bristol, this other guy lived in Norfolk, and I was like, "Well, you know, I'm in the middle. You know, come and crash with me in Northampton. We'll, uh, we'll, you know, chill out and do whatever." But me and Luke are thinking about coming over to the states uh, in the summer, anyway. Yeah, because yeah, Luke was talking about. Uh, well, he was he did some kind of um, guitar camp, music camp yeah. thing. Uh, I think it was last year. And, but he, and he was over on the East coast, but this time he's talking about going like to Texas or something like that. Um, are, and band you do, and, and you do, you do, yeah, band camp <laughs> <laughs> in the summer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you do artwork, which I just learned today. So is mm -hmm. that like, is that what you would be doing if you came out or would you just be doing something different? Oh man, I'll be doing a fucking shit ton of things. I mean, artwork's one of the things I do. So I'm a lecturer. That's that's my job. Um, I I lecture in computer games art and computer games design. So mm. I basically teach people how to make computer games, make all the graphics, get them to work, make sure they don't break. Um, so I do that. I also write music. I sell canvas paintings on the side. Um, I used to weight train. I used to powerlift competitively until I blew my knee out a few years ago. Um, yeah, and I play a shit ton of golf. So that would be one of the main things I'd like to do when I come out come out over there is play golf because uh, your golf courses are amazing ours are showing it basically <laughs> really yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right that, that sounds good yeah because i uh i saw you posted on facebook on your private thing uh artwork with uh sons of anarchy which you yeah. painted several years ago apparently but you're resharing it today and the funny thing about that is um i just started getting into sons of anarchy like probably uh I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I yeah. downloaded like all seven seasons and I've just been binge watching them because uh, I, I, I think I might've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I talk about it on the page, but uh, Marine Corps chick, my girlfriend got me into motorcycles. And so I'm in that life now, brother. 
I'm in that life now. Oh, I see. You're one of them. <laughs> one of them now. I like it. I like it. No, it's, it's interesting. I actually started rewatching Sons of Anarchy for the first time in, well, God knows how long. I think it finished in 2014. So I've not watched it since then. But yeah, it was it was one of my favorites for sure. Did you ever get into uh, the spinoff series, The Mayans? I haven't. No, I haven't had a chance to uh, watch that yet. I'm, I'm wondering if I even want to, because I, I feel like after watching seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy, I'm going to be burnt out on motorcycle gangs. You know? Yeah, that's it. That's, it. Well, that's, that's, that's the kind of feeling I had with Better Call Saul. You know, everyone was kind of excited about it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I like it when things begin and end and run their course. You know, yeah. when you're trying to force something again, it's kind of like trying to get back with an ex when you know it's kind of run its course. That's it. You know, it's yeah. It's not yeah, yeah. Feel. Yeah. yeah, I was I was like that with uh, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is the series that just won't fucking end. And after after a while, I was just like, I'm done with this, man. I can't deal with their yeah. shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, speaking of the Walking Dead, the lead guy in it, Andrew Lincoln, he's from my hometown. He's from Bath. That's where I'm from originally. Bath. It's oh, like, yeah, it's like 12 miles south of uh, of Bristol. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um. So one thing that, so if the guys uh, that are listening from the 3% man group, if they're not like, if your name's not clicking with them, Lewis, he, he posts uh, these videos that are, I think are awesome. The, uh, the Sunday night thoughts with professor Sanderson videos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are, those are great. So you, so you said you, uh, one of the many jobs you do is you teach graphic design. So you actually are a professor. Yeah. Yeah, technically I am. Yeah, it's funny. I'm 31 <laughs> years old. It's a bit, but you know, when they put when they say my name like Professor, sometimes when I'm going into the car park, you know, if they say Professor Sanderson, it rarely happens, but it's got a funny ring to it. So I thought I'd play on that a little bit. <laughs> got it. I uh, so do you teach at a at a college then, or like a trade school? University. At a university. university. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. I when I finished. Uh, I finished my, I, I have dual bachelor's degrees. Uh, one's in um, computer networking and the other one's in network security. And yep. when I was done doing college, I was basically working full time. I was going to school full time. And I also had, you know, a wife and a, a daughter and stuff. So I was just like busy all the fucking time. And then when school was done, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself in the evenings. And so I actually went and taught college myself for a year <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow and so cause, yeah because i was just like i was just i get home after work and i'd have nothing to do and i'm just like i feel like i need to be doing something right now and then like a, a position opened up as an adjunct uh, instructor at the college that i went to and i was like all right i'm gonna apply for it <laughs> yeah fuck it why not yeah but a lot of things in life happen like that don't they you know you're kind of you're just sitting around walking around one day and then something comes up and you're just like oh well yeah fuck it i'll, I'll go with it I think that is the mindset of a lot of men. We kind of still wander around the world like a, you know, a little boy of a balloon just bumping into shit and figuring out how it works. And then yeah. we kind of, get, we just get by through kind of trial and error. We get by like that, you know. Yeah, I, I would say most guys do that until they uh, realize that what they've been doing isn't working for them. And yeah. then they usually go on some kind of uh, knowledge quest journey much like almost all of us on the three percent man group yep. and um so that that sort of leads me into a question that's sort of relevant to the to the uh, podcast yep. um what so what led you to first read how to be a three percent man um 
I got myself in a really sticky situation. I basically, I thought I was going to be a dad and it turned out I wasn't. Um, I had effectively been cuckold beyond belief. Um, you know, I was actually there. I watched um, what I thought was my daughter being born and then I wasn't registered on the birth certificate, yada, yada, yada. Long story short, um, you know, I wasn't the dad. Um, Whoa. So, yeah, yeah. So that, that kind of sent me like, you know, I was already kind of, like you know starting to become red pilled purple pilled if you like sure um up until that point but that kind of you know that that really was sort of the um the icing on the cake so to speak that was kind of the last thing that sort of pushed me into that direction so after that i kind of i kind of wanted to create some form of a template something that i could go by um so that i wouldn't ever be stuck in that position where i'm kind of second guessing you know i'm kind of panicking and i'm like oh fuck what do i do what do i do it's strange though it's strange though because you know i've done so many other things in my life it was kind of pissing me off that i was still kind of you know fucking up with women occasionally Mm -hmm. you know um and just just panicking and i was like what what am i worried about what's the worst that's going to happen you know if it doesn't work out of this one there's another one there's another and there's another and another and i think a lot of us now we we buy into this modern day bullshit whereby you know um if if you don't treat this woman right if you you don't get the right woman at the right time you you, you only have so long and uh, and that's it your chances will go which is which is bullshit i i know i know guys you know in, into their 50s that are still dating women you know that are like 15 20 years younger than them and they they seem sincerely happy yeah. um is is that my goal no i'd like to be married one day with said significant other but it's going to take me a lot of convincing to get to that point i've learned to be more picky because i've screened correctly now i've actually that's the big thing about three percent man is that it makes you screen it makes you realize right what is actually compatible for you and what's your minimal you know uh, uh, level of tolerance so yeah i think that's a a smart way to go because i I was the same way um and i think almost all of us were i I was i think my last like really long-term relationship uh i got complacent near the end and i think you know i just wasn't doing what I was, what I was doing from the beginning to keep that attraction alive. And I think she, I think, I I don't have any evidence of this, but except for some circumstantial shit that I've realized in hindsight, but I kind of feel like at near the end there, she was on her way out and she was already, you know, lining up her next guy if she wasn't already sleeping with this guy. And, um, and at that point, like when I was with her, I was, and even with my, my, my now ex-wife too, I was like, I, I didn't, I was deathly afraid of getting back into the dating circuit. You know, I, so I was like scrambling to try to fix things, you know, and when some, sometimes shit's just not fixable. And, uh, but now like, yeah, after finding the 3% path, reading a bunch of these other books, you know, um, yeah, I realized that being on the dating circuit isn't, isn't bad. It's actually kind of fun. So yeah if uh if shit's just not working out then there's really no reason to stick around and try to fix things if you know it's like hey treat me better if if you don't like it get the fuck out and uh because i could find other people and and having that abundance mindset knowing that you have options it's so powerful i mean that's that's the key difference you know And and i think it's it's very easy for a lot of people once they've read the book maybe a few times to kind of think right, that's what I'm going to do. But it takes a long time to 
truly condition yourself and become that. You know, as Corey says, you can you can fake it for a while. And a lot of guys do fake it. And uh, the higher quality women, they, they just detect it. You know, even if they don't know all of this psychological material or jargon, they just detect that this person isn't being uh, 100% legitimate. Um, and it, it turns them off and they, you know, they, they start looking elsewhere for other, for other options. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? Oh, so, yeah, speaking of like how many times, uh, you know, how many times have you read the book? I'm just curious. I read it. I read it eleven times. Just finished my eleventh read. Okay. Um, I've I've read it through seven times. I've got the uh, paperback. Yeah, the paperback copy here. Um, mm -hmm. And I've uh, I've listened to the audio one through four times. Um, I've got to be honest. Uh, listening to the audio one, it's not the same. I know I, know I sound like a bit of an old-fashioned granddad saying that, but it's it's not the same. Listening to it isn't the same as actually sitting there and reading it. I, I I'm a believer of that. I know that everyone's psychology is different and it's nice to have it on in the car or when you're doing something, but actually reading it over and over and over and then taking it in word for word, I, I find that's when it sticks a bit more. Sure. Yeah. I, um, on my fourth read, I, I broke down and bought the paperback because I'd listened to it three times and then I, I, I bought the paperback for my fourth read and that, but like reading it, takes me so much longer to get through it, it than, than it does with audio. Cause audio, like I'll listen to it while I'm out jogging. I'm at the gym, I'm driving in my car. It's, exactly. it's more convenient. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree with you sitting down reading it is uh, important. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think my, my advice to anyone who, who is like, you know, still trying to get up to their 15 reads or even anyone who just fancies reading it again, whatever, like make sure you've actually read the, the, the paperback one once at least mm -hmm. read that through once as well as just listening to, to one audio because it does uh, you know some of it just does filter through especially when Corey goes on to talk about his stories and his experiences when he's in Fort Lauder uh, Lauderdale and stuff like that yeah um, yeah I find it doesn't stick quite as much so one thing uh, well see like and I also feel like uh, some guys are just listening to it they'll t they'll even say on the page well I listened to it on two times speed because Corey's really slow been boring and stuff maybe he is and i've tried that like on one of my reads i put it at like one and a half speeds or something like that but i feel like you get even less out of it when you're speeding it up and yeah. two like i feel like if you're just putting it on like two times speed and stuff like that you're just you're going for high numbers but you're not really going for like actually trying to retain the information yeah. and a part of that listening to it multiple times or reading it multiple times is so that it it seeps into your subconscious so it's a part of you i mean i see I, I think that there's a huge psychological element of it here and that's you get two types of people when they read something right you get the people who actually envision themselves as the author <laughs> when they read something now if you do that with three percent man if you actually put yourself in Corey's shoes as best as you can and try to see the world for his eyes then it's a totally different book if you don't do that, then yeah, you'll think the guy's just babbling on about a load of shit that's unnecessary and you could just, you know, slot it down at bullet points. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is my thesis on it. But the, my, my big surprise in that, in that book is that Corey says so many times, he says, look, this isn't etched in stone, you know, you need to refine it for you. He does say that. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's much to my surprise quite, you know, about naming any, any guys in the group. But um, I've noticed that quite a lot of people, they, they, they stick to it. A bit rigidly in certain situations it's just like no look you know this is now becoming an act 
yeah and this is where things this is where things go a bit fucking wrong you know you have you have to keep it a bit more natural you have to let it flow for you yeah no I, I actually yeah when so at the very beginning of me getting on this path probably one two maybe even just three reads in uh you know maybe a month or two into the three percent man facebook group uh there was all these situations where like I was posting text interactions where I was setting definite dates and stuff and I would get a definite date set. And then um, let's say it's a Monday and I set the date for Thursday or something, you know, and then a chick would reach out between Monday and Thursday and you're supposed to be staying off the phone or staying, uh, you know, not texting so much. And so I would ask people in the group, like, what, what do you do when they're reaching out in between that? And then they'd be like, we'll set an, a, a, another definite date. When they reach out to you, you're supposed to set a date. I'm like, I already have a fucking date set, you fucking fuck. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> no, it is a nightmare. And I tell you, a lot of them just don't read your fucking post either. They'll True. read, like, they'll read a few lines of it and they miss out the key part. Yeah. Paul's already got a fucking date. Why are you telling him to set the date? He's already got a fucking date. And right. now you're trying to tell me you can read that book 11, 10 to 15 times? Bullshit, man. You can't even read a fucking paragraph that this guy's put up on Facebook, you know? Right. So, <laughs> so that, yeah, that, that kind of stuff used to get me uh, upset. There's a, there's a, another thing too that, and I talk about it on the podcast all the time is, you know, uh, one thing that Luke and I both do is we follow uh, Dave Parada's advice. Dave Parada has a YouTube channel and he, he recommends confirming, you know, he, he's, he recommends, you know, confirm it, like stay off the phone, but like the night before the date, yep. reach out and say, Hey, are we still good for tomorrow night? Because if she doesn't respond then, then, okay, I guess we're not good for tomorrow night and you haven't wasted your time. You don't get stood up. You know, it's like, it's true. It's true. You know, and I mean, there's, there's a million different scenarios there. I mean, I'll, I'll try and run through a few of them for guys that are listening for the info, but what I do, I guess I break the rule. I set the date two to three days in advance. I find that's when I that's where I get the lowest flake rate. That's, sure. that's just my way of doing it. I understand that some guys don't. They do it to the book week. Um, I found that by doing that, I get a way lower flake rate. I've not had a date flake on me since July. I'm not saying that you know that's going to stay that way forever. It's it's not. Of course not. It's a numbers game. But yeah, um, that's worked out best for me. But what I do, if I can't set the date two to three days in advance. Um, I'll set it. Yeah, I will set it a week in advance. But what I'll do midweek is I'll hit them up, not with a, a boring hi, how are you? I'll send them like a video of something funny, something that I'm doing that's that's happened at work that's funny, like a character fucking up in the game engine in a funny way, mm-hmm. um, you know, or something that's relative to them and inside thing. And I, I won't reconfirm, but I'll just have a little bit of casual chit chat and then I'll cut it. Um, the day before the the day before the date, kind of like what you guys are saying. I don't confirm necessarily by saying, oh, you know, you still good for so-and-so. I'll send them like a screenshot of the confirmed table booking or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll send them that to let, to let them know that I have, you know, conf- you know, confirmed that day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people think, oh, that, that kills the mystery, that kills the anticipation. It doesn't because if you've done yeah. your job right all the way up until then, you know, they've got that good amount of mystery, but you've given them a good amount of confirmation as well to take you seriously. Yeah. Because, you know, if the, the ones that do have options, 
why why should they fucking bother you know going for all the effort of putting on their makeup getting ready blah 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 so it takes women like 10 times as much time as it does for us to get ready sure. why should they bother why should they bother if it's not definite um and i spoke to luke recently about this as well um he was going on a day uh i can't really i can't remember exactly but it was something like uh 20 miles away so he'd have had to drive there to meet this this girl she had to drive there as well um but it would take her less time to get there so <laughs> i said right well here's what you do man you get her to message you and she's heading off yeah and if she doesn't message you and she's heading off then you know that's that's your go-to if she's like where are you yeah. Or whatever then you say oh I'm, shit you know i didn't i didn't know if you were coming i, was, I expected you to message me there's nothing yeah. wrong with that yeah. yeah, that's and and with the confirm confirm method, that's uh, basically what you tell them on the second confirm the next day, yeah. is uh, yeah, message me when you're heading out, you know, and then yeah, if they don't, then you're like, well, they're standing me up, but uh, they're they're less likely to do it. I they, they'll if they're gonna flake, they they'll usually just blow you off on that first message the night before. I found, but. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's funny. So I, I, I talk about it on the podcast a lot too. And I used to talk about it on the page a lot more, but uh, there's three books that I I've really found helped me in the dating world. And that's, uh, you know, 3% man uh, dating essentials for men and atomic attraction and dating essentials for men. I like, I almost like that book a little bit better when it comes to dating. And one of the things, all he says, as far as uh, staying off the phone is keep texting and phone calls to a minimum before dates and try to only do, you know, only go on a date like once a week or something like that. Not, not too much. And that's it. Like he keeps it simple, (laughs) you know? And then when Corey has his whole like uh, measuring attraction level and he's like, okay, uh, attraction level of uh, between a five and six is X and seven and eight is this much. And this is nice. This guy's like, look, she either has high or low attraction. Don't make it, don't make it complicated. And I'm like, I like that, you know? It's true. It's true. Cause you know, it's, it's, uh, in the beginning, it's, it's very hard to gauge her attraction levels, but I, I do have an iron rule for that my, myself. And that is that women are never as attracted to you before they've met you as you are to them. Never under any circumstance. Yeah, they're, they're I think that's true. Not. They're not. We, we, as men, and I'll openly admit this, not that I'm a fucking feminist or anything, but we as men are a, a lot more, um, socially kind of numb than women are. So, when women find men attractive, they're usually tying it to um, the character, mm-hmm. you know, how he carries himself, what he does, how he speaks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, now a lot of people say that's wrong because they say, oh, you know, how come there's a woman like Brad Pitt, Jason Momoa, and it's like they're still attracted to the character they play mm-hmm. in the film. You know, if, if it's this alpha male, whatever the fuck, you know, they're still tying it to a character. So if you're talking to a girl on a date and alpha, whatever, she hasn't got that knowledge about you yet and a way i found to break through with that is you don't talk for too long on the day and app you exchange the numbers once you've had a little bit of you know banter whatever okay then you set the day either by phone call if you can't do that you do it by voice message once again now she hears what your voice sounds like she hears your confidence okay and what i like to do as well if i can't set it two to three days in advance and i set it a week as i say i send them a video of me so i'm actually talking on the video yeah you know? And then they get a good read of like my face, my character. Women can read a shit ton from that. Mm-hmm. They can read if you're broken or if you're putting it on straight away. And yeah. I think, I was, I was going to say, I think like with what Benny does, where he gets you to um, um, uh, 
add, add girls on Facebook, but then send them a video of mm-hmm. you, you know, introducing yourself. That worked fucking amazingly for me. I not have, I, I didn't, that did not fail me once. I met every single girl that I, I, I did that with straight away. Um, particularly was effective with Eastern Europeans as well. They love that shit for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So you, you brought up Benny. I was going to, I was going to say that. So uh, you obviously listened to the uh, interview I did with him, right? Yep. So yeah, he talks about that, how uh, when you're using video or even voice or just an old school phone call, you are using more of your faculties to, you know, show her who you are, show her that you're not a creep, show her that you, you know, you're funny, you're witty and stuff like that to get her to build that attraction. And it's, you do that. It's much easier to do that using those techniques that is over text. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that is one thing that powers through, you know, you have to try. It's impossible for us to put ourselves in a woman's shoes completely, you know. I mean, you've well, you you said you've got a daughter, so you've clearly got a bit more of an idea than a lot of us have. And I actually want to have a daughter one day myself because I think that is one of the best ways to understand um, women is actually, you know, raising them from zero to hero or heroine, you know. Yeah. Um, but to put yourself in the woman's shoes when it comes to dating, why should she bother with you? Uh, of these other guys you know she still has to go through all the fucking effort of uh talking to you when she could be doing something else talking to other people she you know why should she go through the effort of getting ready uh you know why should she go through the effort of failing on all of her other girlfriends or all the other fucking bits of attention she's getting on her fa- you know why should she do it yeah. um you know so you sending a video of you and coming across is uh confident positive and she's getting good vibes from you that gives her that reason that gives her that incentive so yeah i think it's powerful yeah absolutely so um so it's funny that you bring it up you bring up a lot of those um points where you're taking into consideration all the work that the women have to do to go on a date which i think is important to do um have you read like the uh the rational male by a lot of people think I have, but it's funny. I'll be completely honest. I've not read that. That's still on my to-do list. Okay. I, 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 I know what the nine, um, I think, yeah, I think it's nine. I know what the nine iron rules are. I've gone over that a few times. Yeah. Um, watch the YouTube videos on it, but I still haven't read the rational mail. I want to there. Oh, okay. I was just curious because it's funny. If you listen to like the rational mail, I mean, it's, uh, man, guys that ha- have just gotten out of a relationship, like a, especially one where like a chick's cheated on them or something. And then they go and fucking read the rational mail. It is a very cynical book and it's a really like dark outlook on women. And it makes them all seem like they're manipulative bitches and stuff like that. And, and it makes it that. seem like, Oh, they're, you know, they're, they're opportunists and stuff like that. But I feel like so are men. It's not a good way to be. It does yeah. not serve you in the long run. You know, right. whether you like it, whether you like it or not, I, I you know, I, I don't think, I think original feminism was okay. I, I don't know what the fuck this is now, but the bottom line is that, you know, women take up roughly 50% of the world's population. So we've got to, we've got to learn to get on one way or the other. You've got to learn how to, you know, get through life. Yeah. And it, it, that's one of the things I, I really like. Uh, what I like about Corey's book is, uh, you know, he teaches you, you know, he tells you like women are this way, but this is how you navigate it. You know, and same with uh, like dating essentials for men and, and um, you know, atomic attraction. Like they, they say, this is how women are. This is how you overcome it, you know? And it's like, 
and then and, the, and you basically are, are being taught how to give women what they want in a relationship so that they're happy and in turn they turn around and make you happy and it's like it's a partnership exactly that's it that's it you know one of my go-to lines always is whenever i'm, I'm talking to girls who kind of have this attitude of oh you know i don't need a man so and so usually if they feel the need to tell me that that's kind of a red flag but my response to that always is i know you don't need one of course mm-hmm. you don't need one you're showing a better woman of course you don't need one but you fucking want one and more mm-hmm. to the point you want one like me yeah because i'm knowledgeable because <laughs> i'm knowledgeable and i know what the fuck's up you know so that that's always my go-to yeah. and, it's, and it's the same it's the same vice versa I, I don't need i don't need a woman i don't yeah. need a woman i want one yeah but no problem admitting that you know so there's 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 no point being cynical about it sure i think that's fair so the uh the real reason that we met or we came up with uh you coming on the podcast was you had an idea of talking about building your own principles for dating. And, um, and you also have come up with, and you've shared it in the, in the group before, and you, you sent me a, a, a word copy of it, but you came up with your unbreakable code of conduct, which is yep. profound. <laughs> I think where, <laughs> where did you come up with, did you come up with that? Did you get an idea for that from somewhere else? I came up with it myself, you know, after reading 3% Man, I heard what a lot of people were saying, that they kind of wanted to skip over it, they wanted to get to certain points. Um, and then I realized when I spoke to a lot of guys that we're all very reflective, we're all fucking geniuses. If you look at the average post on the 3% Man page, you'll see comment after comment, you should have done this, you should have done that. And then the guy who wrote the post will be like, oh, fuck yeah, I should have done this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but you didn't. And is that exact situation going to pop up again? Maybe not more likely a similar similar one will pop up. Mm-hmm. So do you have a go-to? Do you have something simple that you can, you know, operate on in the moment and own it and be legitimate? So that's where I thought, okay, I need something that's, you know, rigid, set in stone. I, I test it for a while. Um, and then I, I kind of use that as my basis, my foundation, and I update it every couple of months. And that's kind of where I came up with the code of conduct. Yeah. So it says this code of conduct can only be modified once every two months when a substantial amount of data has been analyzed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think so that's smart. I, I, do you, do you review this like every day? Do you have it like mounted somewhere or? Um, I've, I've got it on my desktop and I, I check over it um, every morning. Okay. Um, yeah. I just go through it uh, really quickly. Um, I don't have it mounted anywhere, but one thing I am rigid on is is what it says at the very top of what you just said. I can only modify it every two months. So, you know, it, during that time, I have to have, you know, gone out on dates. I have to have gone and achieved things. I have to have basically built up experience. And during that whole time, I'm kind of collating information. Mm-hmm. And only after those two months have passed, can I then revise that information and say, actually, right, this point needs a bit of adjusting. Sure. This, this rule needs a little bit more modified. Only then. Because the problem is, if you have rules that are completely set in stone um, and they stay that way forever, um, you don't really apply what you've learned properly and then you end up forgetting the rules completely and you ignore them. So it kind of goes from one extreme to another. If you have it so loose that you can change it all the time, then you know, no disrespect to the other 97% of men, but I, I think you end up like them very quickly because mm-hmm. they switch and change their mind based off one experience alone. That's it. You know, They, they, they don't play the numbers game. This is not a true code of conduct either then. It's uh, more of a guideline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. 
That's it, for sure. You know, and, and, and you wait train, you know, is look, if you want to find out if a training program is effective, you have to run it for a while. You can't just run it for a week and be like, oh, you know, no, nothing's happening, it's shit. Or, you know, um, I'm, I'm not feeling a burn yet. Well, no, you know, you have to run it for a set amount of time, a month or two, and then you have to review it. And yeah. you've got to be true. You've got to be true to yourself as well. You've got to think, right, did I actually run that, that program 100%? I mean, one of the things I can't stand is when I hear all these people who say, oh, I tried paleo, it didn't work. And it's like, you didn't no, you do didn't. paleo. No, yeah. you didn't do paleo properly. No, you didn't. One, because it's a way too hard of a program for you anyway. If you're a fucking noob, you need to have been training for a long time to do that. Yeah. And two, you did paleo for a week, then it started getting hard, then you made a bullshit excuse, and then you said, all right, I'll do paleo, but I'll just do this. Mm-hmm. By the third week, you said, okay, I'll do paleo, but I'll just be allowed to eat crisps. And then before you know it, it's yeah. not paleo anymore. It's like you didn't run paleo. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about because I did. Uh, I'm going to be doing it again here starting in January, but because I really liked it, uh, worked well for me. But I did keto for like nine months and I was very strict with it. And I would measure my macros. I would make sure that I, you know, uh, stayed below like 20% carbs or even like, I don't know, like 5% fucking carbs. It was like yeah, very yeah. low carbs. And then I, some people were like, oh, you know, I was thinking about doing uh, keto and I'd be like, well, it's not as fucking easy as you think it is. You know, it, if you want to do it right, you know, it's not just like you cut out bread, <laughs> you no, know, like no, you cut, you got, you cut, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, you realize you can't drink wine with that. What? I can't drink wine with it. No, you can't have fucking wine with it. Like there's so much sugar in wine. <laughs> you know and uh yeah it, it, there's people that are like well i'll do a cheat day every sunday no, no you fucking won't not with keto because <laughs> because you know it takes like almost two weeks sometimes to get back into ketosis and uh yeah. you, if you're if you're constantly cheating every sunday you're never in ketosis you know see that's that, that is my number one thing when it comes to to running anything and i i, I, I could almost put this in my code of conduct as well is if you're trying to learn something or trying something out for the first time, don't act like a fucking master of it before you've done it the template way. Do it the way that is said from whatever mm-hmm. source you're reading it from. Do it exactly that way. Don't 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 fuck around with it. You know, stay disciplined. Do it 100% that way first. All right, make it a fair test. Yeah. After that, you can come back to it and be like, right, okay, this didn't work. I could try it again, but now I could do maybe this. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's. That, I, that you kind of have to run for everything in life. I think if you're trying to learn or get good at anything, I think you have to, you have to apply that principle. Yeah. I think that's smart. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's go through a couple of your, your code of conduct uh, rules. There's 18 of them. So we're not going to go through all of them. That's uh, a bit much, Yeah. but uh, let's do with number, number one, always either be humorous or speak concisely in a controlled and legitimate manner. Rabbling is not for you. Yeah. I, I think that's really important as a as a man to do because quite often we find ourselves in a position, be it at work or be it when we're on a date, where we're kind of like, shit, I've got to act, I've got to say something clever, you know, and then we kind of dance around the topic rather than kind of taking your time thinking about what you're going to say and then saying it in as few words as possible and being relaxed and maintaining frame. Um, and the only other time I think you should open your mouth really is if you're, if you're going to say something that's humorous and entertains people. And yeah, uh, otherwise keep people, your mouth shut. Yeah. People, people will notice it about you. They'll notice it about you and they'll respect you a hell of a lot. If you start talking a load of trivia, you know, and well, people's natural response to you will be to treat you like 
someone who goes on a lot, which is basically a grandmother. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Number three is um, you're better off being yourself in the moment than forcing an act. If being yourself is wrong, then reflect on it and make long-term changes when you are outside of the moment. Yes. So that's, that kind of alludes to what I was talking about earlier. So I think we've, we've all been guilty on this. We've all been about to go on a date and we've all just, you know, checked our phone and been like, all right, right. These 3% rules need to check them. Okay. In the heat of the moment on the date. All right. You are better off being yourself and going with the flow than you are trying to fixate on those rules or whatever it is you've read and, and putting on that act. You are hundred percent better off every time. Okay. Because once again, you'll come across as rigid if you don't do that. Mm-hmm. The other person will notice it hundred percent. Now, being the advice of being yourself can be the best and the worst advice. All right. Because yes, be yourself in the moment, 100%. But if it doesn't work out, then you need to go away from that and then build on yourself when you're not in the moment. Yeah. So essentially what I mean is if I was going to go on a, on a date, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a, a hash of it because, you know, I was, I was too needy. I was too physical, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Trying to be restrictive of that in the moment and acting all tensed up, you know, she, she can sense that I want to do something and I'm not doing it because I'm trying to put on an act. That's yeah. not fucking good either. I'm better off going with the flow, going with what I feels right in that moment. And then if it doesn't work out, when I leave that day, be like, right, okay, this keeps happening. Why does that keep happening? It's because I'm too fucking needy or I'm doing X, Y, Z. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Bear that in mind. And then you build on it. And then, you know, several dates down the line before you know it, you've improved on that one thing, but you can't just improve it improve on it in the short term like for example you know you weight train obviously so you can't just you know go into the gym and be like right i'm gonna i'm gonna lift to my maximum every fucking day you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and improve every fucking day. no you can't your body your body will your body will have your life if you try and do that mm-hmm. you know you're gonna hit your one rep max you know one time of the month and then for the rest of the month you're gonna go building on that you're gonna watch the video of your one rep max. You're gonna be like, right, I noticed that when I was doing that squat, my bum came up first, right? I need to work on my hamstrings or I need to work on my hip flexors. You know, you analyze it from that outside of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's no good thinking about all that shit in the moment. <laughs> I got it. I mean, eventually though, you have to practice. Like one, So one thing that um, I, I would try to do, um, especially early on on the 3% path, because. Uh, Dating Essentials for Men, he talks about going on a, what's called a 12 for 12, where you yep. just, you have to go on 12 different dates with 12 women in a 12 week period. And all of that's just for practice. So he's like, you can date fat women. You can date your, you take your grandma out. You could take, like, it doesn't matter because you're not trying to get laid. It's all just practice and, um, and stuff like that. Uh, so I would, I would sort of do something like that where I would go on, like, I would just go on all these like random dates not expecting anything. And I go in and if they like showed up for the date, like, cause a lot of chicks on dating apps sort of catfish, you know, they'll put like pictures of themselves from fucking five years ago or a hundred pounds ago. And, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so they true. would, they would show up to the date. I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake, you yeah. know, but, but instead, so I just be cool with it and, you know, know that the state's clearly not going anywhere, but I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity to, to, to practice, you know, you know, yeah 
my body language, practice banter, practice shutting the fuck up and letting them talk a yeah. little bit. You know? uh, but see, the key thing there is that if you already know the date isn't going anywhere, then can you honestly say that that's the moment, the moment? Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you with me? Because yeah. I'm immediately in the mindset of this is just practice. Exactly, exactly. And that's okay. important. That's important. You should do that. I'd advise everyone to do that. All right. But when you are in the moment, when you're on that date, when you're like, fucking, oh, this woman's hot. Oh, my this God. Is, you know, this she, is looks, game time. she looks homely. Yeah, she's got all of the nice long-term material that I'm looking for. Right, yes, this is game time. You can't be rigid now. You can't be looking at your, you know, your fucking rule book and every little scripture thing you're going to do. No, you've got to be yourself and be present in that moment. Otherwise, you're, you're fucked. Uh, I yeah. agree with that. I agree with that then. Um, all right, let's do one more for this page. Uh, so all <laughs> this is what I, I got a chuckle out of. All women are just as ugly as each other. The only time they are not is when you are having sex. Your behavior should stay the same regardless of their beauty. Yep, and every single man on God's green earth fucks up on that one, I think, or at least has done at several points in their life. So I think it's funny though you say that all women are ugly unless you're having yeah. sex, whereas opposed to there's some chicks that are clearly hotter than other chicks like that. Nope. They're all fucking ugly unless yep. I'm, unless I'm in the bed with them. And then yeah, unless, unless until that point. So obviously when you're on day and apps and you're matching them, yes, you're assessing their looks then, but once you've matched, yeah. All right. Once you kind of got past that, that, that initial interest stage, um, now they're all just as ugly as each other. Okay. So her beauty does not put her on a bar above anyone else. Mm -hmm. Okay. It doesn't put her ab above your friends, your colleagues, whatever, you are assessing her purely on her behavior at that point. Mm. Only based on that, okay? You're not going to put up with any shit. You're not going to message her more often because you're really attracted to her. Um, you know, you're not going to try and force jokes to make her laugh. You're not going to put on an act. Everything is the same. Mm. has to be exactly the same. And the reason why I say they're all as ugly as each other is because that kind of cues the mindset of, Look, if this works out, it works out. Otherwise, there's more important things that you could be working on, okay? If you want to call anything beautiful, call your purpose beautiful, whatever it is you're doing, your hobbies, work, whatever. That's what you should consider as being beautiful, yeah? Otherwise, everything else, until it proves to you that it's beautiful, um, is ugly. Uh, that's kind of the way I, I operate and I look at it. That's a, an interesting way of looking at things. I would have never thought of doing that. Uh, and it, yeah. It makes sense. That's why I say like, uh, you know, a lot of these are, to me, are, are super profound. Um, some of these are pretty common, uh, uh, not common as in like a bad way, but uh, common to the manosphere, right? Yeah. Concept. So like number 16 here is commitment is the woman's idea. Your goal is to become the best version of yourself you can be whilst roaming the world. What you do defines you. Do a lot and do it the best. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean that's that's one I think. Yeah, as you say, is is a bit is, is a bit more common, um, and uh, I think it, it should apply to all of us. And obviously, Corey says I'm three percent man, um, but you know, commitment should be uh, the woman's idea. Um, that rule is interesting at the moment because I've I've been seeing someone who uh, matches my want list, my most ideal list, um, to the bloody T. Like yeah. literally, I've been seeing her for a couple of months. And it's starting to get serious, you know, and uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm kind of in the frame now where I'm kind of like, oh, can I be asked dating other women? It's effort now at this point, but I'm still, I'm still staying true to my guns and I'm still keeping the door open and I'm not talking about commitment. 
she's slowly but surely bringing it up. She's kind of already said she doesn't want me to be seeing other people and whatnot, and I've kind of just skimmed over it. Yeah. Uh, I've not made a big deal. I've remained reserved. Um, so, yeah, it has to be her idea. Yeah. Bef- before I started reading these books, I was always the fucking guy that was trying to push a woman into a relationship. So I, I, I dated uh, uh, this cop chick last year. Didn't last very long. Um, you know, she's, she's a great chick. Just things, things just weren't clicking. Right. But man, I swear like a month into it, I was like, so are you dating anybody else? Uh, I'm not dating anybody else. Uh, should we like, are like, are we exclusive that like I was the one trying to put labels on shit. And I feel like, that really scares most women away. Like they, it has to be their idea, whether they want to admit it or not. Cause I know, <laughs> I know Marine Corps chicks, uh, mom's probably listening to this going, Paul, that, that bastard, I'm going to call, I'm going to call her up. <laughs> but I mean, like deep down, you know, if a guy pushes things too quickly, like women, it's, it does tend to scare most women off. Or, I mean, they might go along with it at first, but you can see it in their face. Like, um, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, they don't want to be rushing to stuff. It has to be their idea. The the way I look at it, and it's 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 a kind of an unloving way to think about it and look at it. But I look at it is in the sense of it's a trade system, and I think that that has lost its balance in many years. Okay, so it used to be the case of you know not as many women were in the workplace. Um, they were more homely. They were good around the house. They were good to children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was their value. It's, it's controversial in this day and age, and the you know, the man's gift to that woman was giving her security. It was marrying her. Okay. 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 But she she had to have a certain thing about her. This guy wouldn't just marry any fucking woman. Sure. You know, he wouldn't he wouldn't just commit to, to, to any anyone. It had to happen over a slow, long period of time. And, you know, sex was something that was, you know, treasured as well and respected. Um, there was a balance. There was a structure to it. Now, the problem with the message that's been sent out to a lot of young women is that they can be anything and everything they want and they can have absolutely everything in this in, on, on god's green earth they can have it if they want it yeah okay which which is a fucking lie it's, that's that, that is the biggest lie ever because no one can have everything or be anything they want okay there's always a trade-off all right there's always an element of sacrifice and that's not being pushed enough now so you know a lot of women <laughs> expect it a lot of women just expect the guy to, to, to fucking do everything and, and they and they won't be held uh, responsible uh, for for their actions and it's not it's not a good way to be there's uh, there's certainly a, there's certainly women out there like that for sure there's there's yeah. I mean there's a there's an exception to all these rules though there's some oh. really really great women out there that don't oh, yeah. look at look at things the same way um, yeah oh no no for sure you know I mean I was, I was with someone for, for two years and I, I broke up with her because she she wanted to get married and I, and I didn't, but past that, I can't say a bad word about that, about that woman, you know, um, in, in terms of how, who she was as a person, I think the values were good and, you know, she, on the whole, she was great. It, um, but there are, the, the, that is nonetheless what I was saying a minute ago about women, you know, wanting to be everything. That is still kind of the message that is being sent out to a lot of them when, the, when they're young and they're at their maximum fertility, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's a bit of a dangerous fucking message, to be honest with you, um, because when, when they re- when they reach, a certain age you know they reach the mid-30s and whatnot now they're kind of in a bit of a desperate state and that's when they tend to make some really bad decisions on what guys they go with etc etc yeah because uh once they like let's say they've been uh focusing on career right uh up until 
they hit 30. Now all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit, my, my clock's ticking. I haven't had kids yet. I only have like maybe five years here that I can, you know, really safely have kids. And then it starts getting into danger zone. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know, but it's, 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 once again, it's, it's the non-reflective mindset that does get encouraged on them. They say, you, you just need to meet a nice man. You know, you haven't met the right one for you, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, hang on. How the fuck do you know? You know, <laughs> how do you know what the right man is? And when you do meet the right man, what are you going to provide for him? Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them don't think like that. A lot of them don't think like that. It's all receive, receive, receive. It's dangerous. It's fucking dangerous. Oh yeah, yeah. I had on, uh, I had on the podcast uh, Matt Sandifer. I don't. Did you listen to that episode at all? Uh, oh, I didn't. No, sorry. How dare you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, man. <laughs> no, so so Matt, uh, Matt is uh, one of our three percent brothers on the page. He uh, he's a family attorney in. Uh, uh, where is he at? He's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he was ta- talking about it on uh, what well, we were talking about prenups in that episode. And he was saying that a lot of women don't want prenups because they're thinking about what I can get in this out of this relationship if it doesn't work out. Like, oh, I can get all this money. I can get all this stuff. And he's like, you don't understand. You also get all of his debt. You get all this other shit, you know? And uh, so if you, you go into this relationship, think about all the shit you can get out of it. It's a bad bad way to look about it you know and he's like yeah. that's how he sells them on prenups is this is what how it protects you <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. but still but yeah there, there's a lot of that my uh my ex-wife is absolutely like that she's always trying to get shit you know she still is um yeah. I, I think i i don't know if you yeah you i don't know if you saw my video updates about that but uh yeah man it's yeah yes yeah, it's, it's ridiculous because you know she got remarried last year um, and I stopped paying Al money last year, which is awesome. But a year later, she's coming back trying to get more child support out of me. Like, bitch, you're married now. Like, just because like this new guy that you, you, uh, you know, you married can't, you know, make ends meet for, for you and, you know, in your household. How is that still my fucking problem? <laughs> oh, it's man. Still, still, and then the state, the state's uh, legislature has, you know, rules and formulas that go for, you know, the, the, actually, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it goes for the woman. It goes for whoever doesn't make enough money in the relationship. So, I mean, it could be some deadbeat dude that, you know, his wife is some fucking lawyer and he's like some stay at home fucking, you know, yeah, well, has a sugar mama, thing. But, uh, You know, how, how often do women marry down? Like almost they're never. Stupid. They're not stupid. Almost they're never. Almost this never, is the yeah. thing that pisses me off. They, you know, this is this is where I kind of, you know, I mean, maybe I am sounding like someone who's read the rational mail out of a fucking toxic relationship. I'm sounding cynical now, but you know, most women they'll kind of sell you this idea of oh, you know, it's for the security, it's for the love, blah blah blah, etc. And I'm like, yeah, that all might come into it, but you're playing on that. It's no fucking accident that like 99% of women plus marry men who are more than them. it's yeah. it's not an yeah. accident <laughs> yeah, it's not a fucking accident yeah yeah it's so. it's uh it, i mean it's kind of nature at this point you know it's like ingrained in our dna <laughs> yeah so exactly. which a lot of is what uh, rational male is about it's a lot about you know uh yeah. you know women's you know natural tendencies and stuff like that 
even though like it doesn't really talk about men's natural tendencies which is like to stick our dick in fucking everything that's wet you know well yeah exactly. <laughs> and our, yeah and our, our natural tendencies can get us into a lot of trouble for sure um you know but the thing that because I, I you know don't get me wrong i talk to a lot of guys but i also talk to a lot of girls which is which is good like i have friends that are girls they talk to me they value my my input because I'm, I'm i'm quite blunt and uh well one of the um one of the key things that I always say to them is that uh, we are primitive people living in modern day, mm-hmm. whichever way you cut it. We haven't evolved past that. And some of them are liberal and they say, oh, no, we have blah, blah, blah. I let them go on on their rant and I listen to them and I ask them one question at the end. And I say, look me dead in the eye. Would you marry a guy who is two inches shorter than you? <laughs> Nearly all of them say no. And I'm like, well, why? What yeah. the fuck does height matter in the year 2020? What the fuck does height matter? It doesn't matter at all, you know? And I'm not saying this to somebody who's insecure about height. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm six feet tall. Um, you son of a bitch. No, I, know, <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the tallest, but I'm not the shortest. Yeah, I'm, I'm six foot on, on, my, on my better days, just about, you know? But it, it, the point still stands. What does it matter? And, and let's flip it around. Let's be fair here as well. You know, what what really does 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 a woman's looks matter in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, obviously we want you know we we want our children to you know look good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in terms of like genetics and facial structure, what do looks really matter that much? You know, as long as they improve their body. Now we could we could sit here and we could argue right looks matter because you know it's a representation of uh, what's on the inside. If the person on the inside is motivated blah, 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 then they'll look after themselves, they'll keep themselves healthy. Okay, that's one thing. Let's just say someone just hasn't hit the genetic lottery, you know, they've got like a bit of a hook nose, this, that, the other. What the fuck does that matter in this day and age? Mm-hmm. But to us as guys, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And, and, and uh, beauty fades too. Um, I mean, if you look at, if you look at my ex-wife, and I, <laughs> I had to sort of uh, soften the blow to, uh, to Marine Corps chick because Marie Corps chick went with me to court the other day, bless her heart. And I was like, Oh my God, she's going to see my ex-wife and my ex-wife. If you look at her now, she looks like a, almost like a fucking homeless person, you know, like she's just let herself go. She like, she wears like these ugly ass glasses. Now she like, looks like she doesn't shower fucking half the time. And I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck happened to her. Cause when I met her, she was this gorgeous blonde, you know, perfect body just you know a, a perfect 10 and i was and i was like oh shit you know and i i snatched her up i married her quick <laughs> yeah. and uh and now if you look at her you'd be like holy shit was paul married to a hobo because <laughs> <laughs> the, the years haven't been kind <laughs> it, no and it's and it's ever since uh we got divorced she's just completely fucking let herself go and i don't know i can't have no explanation for it so, but it, 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 it embarrasses me though, because I was her husband at one point. And when I go, like, let's say we go to parent teacher conferences and I show up and she shows up, I'm just like, Oh shit. You know, like you couldn't even fucking brush your hair today. You know, I don't yeah. say this to her, but this is my head going, Oh my God. Cause it's still yeah. reflect, it reflects on me. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I think that's why, uh, you know, looks are somewhat important, especially to guys, because who you're with, it's almost like a status thing. Um, and yep. that's, that's kind of shallow, but at the end of the day, 
you know, uh, uh, my, my ex-wife, she was hotter in hell when I first met her, her personality's fucking trash, <laughs> you know, well, there you go. There you go. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Man. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nice like up front, but if their personality is garbage, it's not worth it. It's definitely yeah. not worth it for sure. All right. Well, we're almost at an hour. Let me just uh, ask you one last question. We'll wrap up here. Sure. Um, and I, I, I like to ask this to just about everybody, uh, but what does being a 3% man mean to you? Uh, being a 3% man to me means uh, being self-certain in everything you do, um, having your own kind of principles that you stick by. It means that uh, treating all women the same, not letting their uh, beauty, um, you know, sway your opinion unfavorably um, in a way that's detrimental to you and bearing yourself, staying on your purpose and becoming the type of man that women want to be with rather than trying to actually, you know, um, attract, rather than trying to get different women. Um, and, uh, the, you know, rather than trying to get the top quality women, you become the top quality man that they all want, basically. That's what it means to me. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Well, all right, Lewis, thanks for uh, joining me today. What, what's the time there in, uh, in England? Uh, it's it's nine, nine o'clock now, just coming up to nine o'clock. So. Okay. I'm in the middle of the work day here. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's safe for me somehow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you later. Indeed. God bless. Cheers for having me on. That was a great conversation, Lois. Thanks again for taking the time to join me. Your unbreakable code of conduct is a really great idea, and I think more of us men should make our own code of conduct list. Again, if you guys like this episode, please share it with all your pros. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.